today on Ag News Daily. Professionally, I'm a pharmacist, and I have seen over the last couple of years how the the mental health crisis has really hit hard here in rural America. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pearson here, co-host of the Ag News Daily Podcast, joined by co-host Delaney Howell. Delaney, how you doing? I'm pretty good, Mike. How about you? Not too bad at all. I had a fantastic opportunity earlier today to meet with our good friends of the podcast, Mr. Max Armstrong, the mustache of the Midwest, <laughs> and our good buddy Chad Colby, the tech expert to so many in rural America, as I uh, was asked to be a guest on This Week in Agribusiness. So be sure to tune in this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. That will be very exciting. I get to be on the World Food Prize tonight, so that's my exciting uh, media appearance. Absolutely. That is very exciting. It's that time of year when the World Food Prize gets awarded. Delaney, do we know who the recipient is? Yes, it's Simon Groot. And I think I've got some of his background info right here in front of me. He is the founder of a seed company called East West Seed. They do commercial vegetable breeding and he has provided seeds to over 20 million farmers in 60 countries throughout Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Oh, interesting. So you say vegetable producing seeds? Yes. Very cool, addressing that aspect of food insecurity. Absolutely. I'm not sure where he is from. That is the only thing I don't see in his little bio here I've got pulled up. All right. Well, he's from Earth. We're all yes. from the Mother Earth. <laughs> Lovely. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been hanging out in Chicago too long. It's turned into a lefty. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, let's see. I've got some news here. I wanted to read this off from the start because it was a little bit of deja vu for a lot of cattle producers earlier today, actually about two and a half hours ago. An explosion was reported at Cargill's Dodge City packing plant, beef packing plant. Um, it injured two employees, and they closed the facility for the remainder of the day. Now, as opposed to the fire that happened at the Tyson plant in uh, Holcomb, Kansas, uh, about two and a half months ago, this one doesn't appear to be catastrophic. Uh, Cargill came out and said this happened outside of the main plant. It was in a small, standalone building, and uh, the two employees were in the building. They're the only folks there. They're you're being treated for burns, and uh, they're looking at the cause. Um, they did say that they expect to be operational very soon, and they are going to meet all of their cons- uh, customers' needs. So it doesn't look like it's going to be a, a catastrophic fire from the perspective of, you know, what are we going to do with all these cattle? Looks like today we had a bit of a hiccup. You know, my understanding from rumors floating around on the Twitter sphere is that they will be back and operational again tomorrow. So Hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to see that rocking and rolling again, and we can keep these cattle uh, turning into delicious steaks and hamburgers. I love a delicious steak or hamburger right now. Absolutely. Love Who them. wouldn't? I know. Makes, your, makes for a nice Thursday afternoon. But one thing that is coming around the corner here that might not make for such a nice way for agriculture is the EU tariffs that will go into effect. The U.S. is preparing to hit billions of dollars on EU products with tariffs, including a lot of dairy and other agricultural commodities at one minute after midnight tonight or tomorrow morning, however you want to look at that. And so do we have a list of tariffs, you know, or is it just pretty much everything? I think it's a lot of everything. Wine, cheese, dairy, meat. Kind of the works. I think it's the works. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so that's happening at 12.01 tomorrow. Tomorrow, technically. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I've got news. We had a very interesting press conference or a press release, rather, this morning from China. Um, there was a, a conversation, a, a briefing, I should say, held earlier today by Yang Zhenhai. He is the director of husbandry and veterinary. He's the director of the husbandry and veterinary bureau of China's Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs, and he talked today on the hog industry status in China and kind of the big numbers he threw out there that not a lot of folks that I've read are, are really believing is that he said they anticipate the China hog herd to be back to its usual numbers sometime in 2020. You know, that's sometime in the next 15 months, they're going to build 40% of their hog herd back. Uh, a lot of experts in the hog industry find that to be not very realistic, especially considering the fact that African swine fever is continuing to develop and new outbreaks are being recorded in China, and there is no cure or vaccine on the works, in the works. So folks who have been hit are going to be a little more slow to rebound, although it was noted by outsiders uh, that big farms, the, the big ones who can really guarantee biosecurity, are actively looking to rebuild their herds right away because of the profitability that is being reported with uh, with Chinese hog prices soaring to records. So it's kind of a a catch-as-catch-can. They do think that uh, hogs are going to come back in China. We are going to see them find ways to manage the spread of African swine fever, but probably not as fast as the Chinese officials outlined earlier today. Okay, well, in other Chinese news, Mike, we continue to hear just little rumors and trickles about this alleged phase one of the trade deal. And it seems that a lot of folks are very skeptical about how China will make good on 40 to 50 billion dollars of U.S. farm products in a year, because during the peak time for China importing U.S. products, they were only about roughly 25 billion dollar purchases under the Obama administration. And it seems now that China has also made comments saying that if those tariffs do go into effect in December or it seems that we're at a stalemate where China is waiting for the U.S. to say that the tariffs are off the table. The U.S. doesn't want to take those tariffs off the table for December yet. So we appear to be in a bit of a stalemate. Yeah, a bit of a Mexican standoff, it would appear. Okay, that's a good phrase, too. I think we can still use that phrase. If we can't, I apologize, people. Um, I'm not sure if it's politically correct or not. Right, I'm not either. I've, you know, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I apologize, but also that's what it is, in the uh, the conventional sense of the uh, the phraseology. I've got a piece of commodity news that isn't agricultural. I thought this was interesting. We've talked a lot over the past 18 months about the drop in American ag exports. Of course, we've seen corn exports be slow. Naturally, we've seen soybean exports with China out of the market drop to uh, their lowest level in years. And exports, exports, exports. So we talk about on the ag side, and we're struggling. One commodity uh, uh, class isn't struggling, and that is crude and fuel oil. For the second week in a row, for the first time in history, the U.S. has become a net exporter of both crude and fuel oil 
products uh, both last week and this week. The U.S. exported about 31,000 barrels per day of crude and petroleum products on a net basis last week after reporting 30,000 per barrels per day a week earlier. Um, this matters, of course, because this pulls that outside money. It gives them a reason to cast their eye back over at the world of commodities. Say, hey, what's happening over there? And, uh, you know, They'll start in crude, the most uh, widely traded commodity, crude and gold, and then uh, hopefully they'll look at the eggs. And we've got some stories developing with weather, with slow harvest, with uh, wildly uh, differing yields across much of the Corn Belt that maybe we can hook some buyers on the line and hopefully spur a bit of a rally. Well, I unfortunately have some news coming today from the Federal Reserve's Beige Book looking at the strength in the agricultural economy. They are reporting that agriculture is still in a tough spot and that farm conditions across the country are deteriorating further due to the ongoing really trade war disputes, weak commodity prices, and other trade disruptions, and noted that agricultural conditions have declined modestly compared with the previous report, which was released on September 4th, but the outlook still remains pretty pessimistic. Mm, yeah, you know, I don't think that's much of a shock. That was something Max and I talked about quite a bit earlier today, um, you know, and I've talked about it with lenders. It, it, is, it is a pessimistic outlook out there, uh, just given the fact that production prices haven't decreased all that much. And, uh, you know, Revenues are, uh, are kind of stagnant, but if we can spark a rally, if we can get some sales opportunities in here, it would definitely be worth taking a look. With that in mind, Delaney Howell, are you out of news or should we see where the market's closed for the day? I have just one other piece of news I wanted to share here about the EPA announcement that was released earlier this week because Iowa's head EPA guy, hold on, what's his title? Monty Shaw's, I think head EPA guy is that. No, no, sorry, head uh, Iowa EP, ethanol guy. I was getting my titles oh. confused there. The Iowa Renewable Fuels Association Executive Director, sorry, that's a mouthful, said that this new Monty proposal... Monty Shaw, that's who you're talking yes, about? Yes, that this gotcha. new proposal would return only about half of the industry's annual losses from the small refinery exemption waivers. I thought that was kind of some damning words to speak. It is, and I'm kind of surprised it took this long. When the EPA made the announcement that they were going to use a three-year rolling average, we talked on this very podcast about how that is not going to restore all of the gallons lost because they're going all the way back to 2015 when there were very few uh, small refinery exemptions. And so that was the win for the oil industry when the EPA announced it. I don't know why it's taken so long for the ethanol industry to uh, to really start to, to damn this deal. Maybe because it was just kind of cloudy when it was released? I guess. I guess. But I, you know, it shouldn't be a shock, and, and they should have been up in arms about it two weeks ago. But here we are, you know, making a stink now, and you know, we'll see if that changes anything. It sounds as though, based on President Trump's conversations and the remarks he's made about just wanting this biofuels deal off his desk, mm -hmm. uh, this is probably as good as it's going to get. I guess that is unfortunately so, Mike. Absolutely. Well, you know, should we see where the market's closed for the day, Delaney? Let's do it. Well, we are seeing some positivity today in the commodity markets. 
Looking across the screen here, lots of green on this Thursday afternoon, starting out with the December corn contract closed up three cents today to end at 394 and three quarters. The March up three cents as well to close at 406 and a half. In the soybean pits, the November contract up three and a half cents of the day to close at 931 and a half, while the January put on three cents as well to close at 945 and a quarter. In the wheat pits, big moves today with the December contract adding 12 and a quarter cent to end at 525 and a half. The March up 12 cents to close at 530 and a quarter. Hopping over into the livestock pit, the October live cattle contract up 5 cents on the day to close at 112.40. The December up 50 cents to end at 114.37 and a half. Unfortunately, the strength ends there as the October feeder cattle contract cut a dollar o two today to end at 144.20. The November shed a dollar sixty to close at 144.32 and a half. In the lean hog pits, the December front month contract was the biggest loser today, cutting two dollars and forty seven cents at sixty eight fifteen. The February cut a dollar twenty to close at seventy seven sixty. And rounding out our markets with the Class 3 Dairy Futures, the October contract cut $0.02 cents today to close at eighteen sixty, while the November shed $0.12 cents to end at eighteen fifty six. Now for today's interview, we're very excited to welcome a new podcast on board for the Global Ag Network. So let's kick it off with our conversation with Jason Meadows. Well, we are very excited. We are having another podcast join Global Ag Network, and that is Jason Meadows, who is the host of the Ag State of Mind podcast. Jason, we are excited to see you launch this podcast. Tell our listeners a little bit about the podcast and what they should expect to hear from you. Well, hey, well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk about this. So what it is, is, um, like you said, my, uh, my podcast is called Ag State of Mind. And we're dealing with, um, we're dealing with focusing on mental health and agriculture. And the reason I wanted to focus on this is because professionally, I'm a pharmacist. And I have seen over the last couple of years how the the mental health crisis has really hit hard here in rural America. Um, I, I live in South Central Missouri and work in a work in a rural community and um, I'm really seeing it take its toll on on the folks who I am serving professionally. So um, that I wanted to, I wanted to do something also to combine my my professional knowledge as a pharmacist and my 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 passion for agriculture, um, and it just this kind of seemed like the way I could reach the most people, um, and um, you know get to get to also talk to some some really cool people like myself and. You know, if nothing else, it's it's a it's a great learning experience for myself to to talk to people. Absolutely, and you mentioned you're a pharmacist by trade. You're you're in a, a rural community. In what ways, professionally, have you seen mental health issues in particular intensify over the past uh, number of years? What what are you seeing from a from a professional standpoint that has you nervous? Well, for for one, I'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing a a 
pretty steady flow of antidepressant medications coming through my door. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of alerting to me for sure. Um, you know, so, and I, I see people who are, you know, they're just struggling with a whole set of issues. Um, people coming and talking to me about things going on in their lives. Um, what's causing it? I, I wouldn't be able to, to speak to that, you know, wholly, but, you know, if, just trying to, trying to keep up, I think is a lot of the, a lot of the big issues for people. Jason, one of the things that I've noticed, and I think that social media has maybe helped and hindered this, but just so many people are posting on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Their lives. I, I was going to. You know, and it's it's because farming is such an isolated, I guess, job because you're maybe working with your family or some coworkers, but you don't really have coworkers like a normal nine to five job person would. How... No, and yeah, I I think that's a big part of it. And you know, it's like you say, like you say, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure how to speak to the social media thing, but I think that's a I think that's a big part of what's going on. Um, you know, social media is a wonderful tool, um, but it also can be a poison. One of my, uh, one of my organic prof- uh, chemistry professors in college once, you know, he had a quote, I'm not sure who the quote was from, but um, the only dif- the quote read, the only difference between the medicine and the poison is the dose. And uh, that's kind of how I've come to view social media myself. And I uh, talk about that a little bit on my podcast about how it's, you know, a wonderful tool, but if you can consume too much and you look, you get this um, unrealistic picture into other people's lives, then, you know, that can be toxic. And I think that's a big part of what's going on, especially in, in rural communities, in, in farmers uh, in particular, because, you know, sometimes that might be the only people they interact with on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right, Delaney. That plays a big, big part in that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Ag State of Mind podcast. Jason, when you look out to the future, who do you envision having on as guests to help spur this conversation forward? Well, the first person I had on the podcast was a, a friend and mentor of mine, who's somebody who's become a friend and mentor of mine named Val Farmer. Um, some people may recognize that name. He he came he kind of came to uh, kind of the forefront at the, uh, during the '80s farm crisis. And uh, he did a lot of work. He's a clinical psychologist, but did a lot of work um, with with farmers um, and, uh, you know, trying to mitigate some of the some of the rural stresses, you know, Um, and I've I've actually recorded two or three different different episodes with him on my show. I've recorded um, for some public radio out of University of Missouri. Um, So I'm going to try. Uh, I'm going to try and talk to him quite a bit because um, he's got so there's so much he has so much knowledge and so much to speak to at this that I don't think um, we could ever totally digest what he has you know what he has to offer but I, I want to talk to him quite a bit but I'm also I'm also talking to folks who are producers who um, have had struggles with mental health and uh, came out on the other side of it. Um, one 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 um is a is actually a friend and a neighbor of mine her name's carrie portell um she lives just down the road and she was in a 
she was in a pretty tragic car accident about 10 years ago and uh, left her partially disabled, um, left her just totally changed her life, but she was able to come out of the other side of that and, uh, you know, make a living being a, being a, a cow calf producer. And, uh, you know, so folks like that, folks that have had struggles and have come out on the other side of them with a, with a story to tell with, you know, giving people hope that, you know, there is, there is life beyond the struggles. Absolutely. That'll be really interesting to listen to and maybe not necessarily an easy subject, but definitely one that needs to be addressed. Jason, you are in kind of an interesting role there living in rural Missouri, but also serving as a pharmacist and, and just seeing both sides of that. How do you start that conversation with folks, with neighbors, with family members that you think are maybe struggling from some sort of mental health or health issues and, and don't want to address it? How do you start that conversation? Because as you know, farmers are not maybe the most open group of people when it comes to that stuff. No, and that's a challenge for sure, Delaney. And that's, you know, um, that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm a challenge I'm willing to take on. And I think what's important is for, we first have to help people realize that mental health does not equal mental illness. Um, mental health is something we all have. You have it. I have it. We, it's, it's all, we all have it. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. It's just, it's no different than our physical health. So what we have to get people to realize that checking on your mental health is no different than checking on your physical health. So, you know, getting, checking on somebody emotionally, asking them emotional questions, are you okay? That's no different than having your blood pressure checked or um, having your respiratory rate checked. You know, it's just another aspect of our health. And like I said, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And that's how, that's how we have to start the conversation is we have to have people realize that mental health is, is, is a part of all of us. And we all have to deal with, you know, just because we may not be diagnosed with anxiety or depression does not mean that at some point we won't become anxious or depressed. Um, so I, I think that's really important. That's the, that's the first thing we have to get people to realize is that, is that mental health is a part of all of us. Absolutely. I always say, I kind of joke about it, but I always say like, oh, I need like a me day to just renew my mental health but uh it's not really a joke to to think about that you're taking care of yourself or some self it's not it's not and um you know i somebody i i i read and and um listen to and hopefully would like to one day um um interview is a, a gentleman by the name of dave pratt who was the uh he was the president of ranch management consultants and put it, put on the ranching for profit schools for a long time. He just recently retired and handed over the reins to Dallas Mount. And, um, what he, you know, what he says is, you know, if you aren't happy, if you aren't at your best mentally, you know, emotionally, then there's no way you can have a successful business, a successful ranching or farming business, because 
If your if your health has failed, then your business has failed. And I think that's what we have to get people to realize is I think a lot of people are putting their their own health by the wayside in um, in trying to run a quote unquote successful operation. And uh, you know you can't have a successful operation if you yourself are not happy and healthy. That is a truth. And Jason, before we let you go, why don't you tell folks how they can listen to the Ag State of Mind podcast and, and what you have out there already? Sure. Um, so go to, um, obviously, it will be on the Global Ag Network soon, um, but it is also available on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, just search Ag State of Mind. And uh, it should you should be able to find it there. Um, I'm currently working on having a working website with, that will have all the episodes on there as well. But for now, the uh, the um, um, the normal podcast mediums, like I mentioned, those those are the places to find it. Fantastic. And are you on social media at all? I am on social media. Um, I'm. I, I have, I'm active on Facebook, Instagram, uh, a little bit on Twitter. I have a hard time with Twitter for some reason. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it that much for some reason, but, uh, I, I do stay pretty active on Facebook and Twitter. Um, my, uh, I, my pages are at everything's ag state of mind, um, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Fantastic. Listeners, be sure to check it out. This is a huge topic. It's a topic we're going to be grappling with in agriculture going forward as rural America continues to see fewer and fewer people. It's something we've got to keep our eye on. And so big thank you to Jason for bringing this into the public eye and helping keep it top of mind. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, appreciate the uh, anybody who anybody who'll listen. You know, my, uh, my wife will tell me, tell you it's uh, the Worst thing you can do is to get me talking because I won't stop. (laughs) Well, we are certainly excited to have Jason join the Global Ag Network team. So do check out Ag State of Mind or reach out to him if you've got questions or comments about his new podcast launching. Absolutely. It'll be very worth listening to. Good stuff to listen to in the combine and good things to keep an eye out for while you're just engaging with folks in your rural community. Mental health is a huge issue and it's one that, you know, takes takes all kinds of people watching for and checking in on those who might be struggling. Delaney, people can check in with us um, by using our social media pages. They can go to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to search for Ag News Daily. They can find us or visit our website at agnewsdaily.com. And if you are an advertiser interested in sponsoring, we would love to have a conversation with you. Our reach continues to grow here on the Ag News Daily podcast, and we'd love to help your business thrive. Uh, reach out to us. Shoot us an email. Just go to agnewsdaily.com, and Delaney and I both appear there. With that, Delaney, shall we let the people go? Let's let them go. 